Hello and welcome to Was That In Good Taste, your podcast for not drinking, because I said so. I am your esteemed and overly sober host, James, joined by the handsome, the indomitable, the talented, but slightly less valuable co-host, Chandler Phillips. Oh boy. And this week we're talking prohibition. Oh, prohibition. Of course, don't forget, you can always check us out anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You listen to this now. Which You're hearing means, it. You know where it is. Which means you found it somehow. But in this case, for some reason, you, you didn't. Okay? I don't know how. You fell in, you, you tripped, slipped, and your ear fell into an AirPod or something. Mm-hmm. And this is playing Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music. Stitcher? An- Stitcher. Not Anchor, because that shit is hard to do both. And I'm not going to fucking do Oh, that. I thought of a scenario how you might hear this and then... Like, not know where to find it. Okay. Say some dude's walking down the street with a boombox, right? <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. And he's playing our podcast, just blasting it. It's a vibe. And <laughs> All right. I can see that. And hey there. Yeah. Exactly. And he or she, whoever they are, is just vibing out to this podcast. And you're like, I'm vibing too. And now you're wondering what's the name of this and where you can find it and who we are and you already have all that information so now let's get into the show <laughs> let's get into prohibition of course because we're near prohibition we're doing in addition to the fact that we're already if you listen last week yeah if fitness, you keep up with us if you keep up with us we're we doing a, a fit thing and a sobriety thing so i'm gonna win the fit thing okay all right i'm That's gonna cute. win the sobriety thing mm-hmm. all right and i'm gonna win the beer brewing thing this man thinks he's going to sweep, but he hasn't seen a broom in three you years. Know, and I had a question. Uh-huh. What happens if one person wins all three categories? Because just in case people haven't listened, because not everybody, keep, not everybody keeps up, right? The Fit Challenge, whoever wins that one, mm-hmm. right? They get to pick a bottle of the loser, the winner gets to pick a bottle of alcohol. Yeah. Value up to $100, mm-hmm. right? Before tax, right? The person who wins... The uh, beer brewing thing that we're doing, where we're gonna have some people come do a little taste taste. We both brew some beer. Whoever wins, it's just a, it's just a six pack craft beer, regular beer. Who gives a shit, you know? Yeah, you know, right? And then uh, the sober one. Well, I forgot what the fucking thing is because well, it doesn't matter. That one's fun. That one's. Uh, oh my god. Oh fuck. I, that oh, one's my favorite no, one. I freaking forgot because I. That uh, one is whoever doesn't make it to the end of the month. Uh without drinking alcohol has to read jokes written by the other. And I gotta tell you something. Part of uh <laughs> making well, it difficult, I have I think that if we tie, right, we both have to do it. And that'll make a competition because one of us should really try really hard to make the other person drink. To sabotage? Yes. <laughs> well so we can both lose. Yes. Because it's not like whoever breaks first. True, but if we both win. But if we both win, then what? Hand jobs all around? Hey! <laughs> you know, well, we're doing all these things, so we're doing non-alcoholic things this month. And so we're doing um, ritual zero alcoholic tequila alternative. There we go. Ritual. Zero proof. Zero proof. Tequila alternative with all the flavors that you want in a tequila. I heard that Martha slams these bitches. Dude, Martha is just out 
out of the jalapeno, just throwing them back. So what do you what do you think about it? I have mixed opinions. All right, hit me, hit me quick, hit me quick. It's not what I want. Because what I want <laughs> is straight tequila. <laughs> Doesn't it sound fucking nice? That sounds so good. It sounds so fucking good. But what it is good for is if you mix it into a cocktail, like a margarita, like we have here, <laughs> then I actually think it it serves its purpose as a method of engaging in the social aspect of drinking or whatever muscle memory aspect of drinking like if you just like having a drink in your hand um it helps like just kind of keeps that keeps that light so i i'm gonna keep it a little exclusive here you know of course you know don't forget mondays uh behind the bar everywhere you find podcasts where we go more in depth and what this is why it is but one thing that you won't hear me saying on there is that this makes me really want to fucking drink like wait because i didn't i'm not gonna say that you really want to fuck and drink i mean yes okay i really want to drink so fucking bad literally drinking it is making me think to myself like wow this is good i enjoy this but can i please just have a fucking margarita okay and i was fine i literally was not giving a shit about having a drink but the muscle memory of having a glass in my hand with gla- with ice and the ingredients of a cocktail. Yeah, it's real triggering. <laughs> I'm fucking like I'm, that's the I think that's the thing I dislike about it most is like it's close enough to what I want to where it's a trigger, but it's not completely satisfying because it it it's just it, like the flavor the flavor isn't tequila. It kind of misses that depth that you'd want, but you get the you get the stimuli the like the sensation of feeling like you're getting a a drink but you're not getting drunk but here's the the benefit the benefit to living where we live now and how we live is that we can choose not to drink we can make the decision not to drink unfortunately there was a period in history where legally i don't know i was told that you couldn't add more amendments to the constitution that you shouldn't do that because it's bad and you shouldn't do it when they tell you that who told you that you know fox news or something like they said you shouldn't do that to help people or like you can't just go add an amendment just go adding things you know but at some point in the early uh 19th century um in 1919 they just decided you know to uh ban alcohol consumption like nationwide nationwide and it wasn't on your side <laughs> so uh so what's up with that what's up with prohibition tell me chandler i know you got all the information about the prohibition. i feel like this is we take a real huge deep dive in this one mainly because there is so much crazy stuff and like you know like i'm just gonna like quickly you know mass media this is the least in- interesting part which is like, you know, the fucking Scarface, Al Capone, yeah, fucking... The, 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 hey, I'm a mobster yeah. in the You know, Borwick Empire, which is all interesting and stuff. You know, Al Capone's fucking idiot, dumb fucking ass somehow became a millionaire, got caught for tax evasion, and like died in his like 70s of syphilis. His brain was like half rotten and shit. Hey man, that's a way to go. Live fast, die a syphilis. Fucking, you know, nobody, not a person to look up to you. 
but there's way more interesting shit about the prohibition. Well, because it also started like an entire kind of subculture in America. It it created a divide because the whole reason prohibition came came about initially was uh, religious revivalism in the uh, late 1800s, or I guess mid 1800s in America, and then you got the temperance movement, which basically said alcohol is the reason why men do bad things as like in terms of like you know murder and violent crimes and beating their uh wives and children and um so i mean immediately you just think oh well this is the thing yeah yeah i mean women couldn't vote but they had influence because the women's temperance movement and the anti-temperance movements both anti-temper or anti uh... anti-prohibition like anti yes like i'm talking about later i'm talking about later like the 1930s oh the, to overturn yeah it. yeah yeah the overturn gotcha, gotcha. was also spearheaded by women interesting you know so just saying like you know didn't have rights weren't treated as people but, but somehow still managed to done. still managed to get some shit done well what i thought was kind of fascinating about the fact that the prohibition happened in general was uh, do you remember what one of the first rebellions in the U.S. history was? Uh, well, uh, please tell me. That uh, was the Whiskey Rebellion. Oh, no, nah, it was. Because what was it from Hamilton? I wonder, what did he say? Is it what's going to happen when they, try to, when they try to tax our whiskey? Boom. Yeah. That shit happened just because they marked up whiskey a little bit. And people were like, hell to the fucking no. We're a nation that's based in booze. 100%, which is really interesting how it was allowed to ban liquor mm. in America. I, I honestly, it, it, I, 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 I can't wrap my fucking mind around the fact that people, one, it was obviously, just like Mitch McConnell's good example, there was one senator was very powerful, whose name I literally wrote it down, then I erased it because I don't give a fuck. Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Was like, yeah, it's bad. And everybody was like, ah, we all. <laughs> like, hey, shut the fuck up. No, but... no, no. <laughs> what? It's the same thing. The, the politicians. Yeah, the politicians were like, were like okay, oh, we all, we all fucking drink, but I guess, you know, we're all one thing. We're all on the same team. I guess we gotta all think alike. <laughs> guess we gotta group. <laughs> I guess thing. we all have to fucking group. But like, this is something that was kind of encroaching because. You know, uh, like you were talking about the, you know, religious, what the fuck you call it again? Religious revivalism. Right. Here you go. Uh, already in Kansas, already illegal. Uh, right. What, so what year was that in? Uh, so it was, it, well, in, 19, in 1919, it had already been illegal since the, like, 1981. But people still had saloons. Lots right. and lots, and they were illegal, but just like with like mask mandates the government doesn't wasn't actively enforcing well that's the thing too because the 18th amendment doesn't say you can't drink alcohol it says you can't make sell distribute any of them shits of alcohol so there was really no teeth to the law if you didn't are or if you already had of course uh, oh you were in your possession you were allowed to keep the booze in your possession mm-hmm. which is why private clubs what did they do they they hoarded up stocked up because they, had, they had a year 
from when the bill was passed until it's enactment. Until its enactment, in order to. to but then you also had a follow-up act that actually gave merit to the bill, essentially. That was the Volstead? Yes, the Volstead Act. That was the one that was like, you can't get caught drinking alcohol, right? Well, so... Or was that different? No, no, no. So the Volstead Act... No, no, it's the same. So what happened is, is that um, it was ratified... And like it was ratified in 1919, and then during it, what happened was they were like, "Well, people aren't listening, people aren't following the rules." So, because that's what happens when you because that's what happens outlaw shit that's popular. So they tried to uh, enact, you know, like yeah, like legislation to penalize people, mm-hmm. but the local municipalities could not afford. They didn't. Well, so some of them couldn't afford it. And then some of them just straight up were like, yeah, nah, fuck that. Well, some of them just didn't want to. Yeah, like Maryland was known as being anti-prohibition. I mean, if you think about it, the whole thing with Al Capone is that the reason why he's such a big, well-known person is because when he was in Chicago, right, he was like, fuck it, I'm a bootlegger. He was like fucking killing people and shit. He was wearing it. But he was just like, I'm a bootlegger, I'm a bootlegger. And really, the truth is... No matter what Bork Empire tells you, like whatever the fuck, they didn't give a fuck. Yeah, they didn't really, they didn't really care. They cared probably more about the violence yeah, and the murder. Yeah, people care about the booze running so much because they had to get their boosts too. Yeah. The, Nobody gave a shit the about t- that. They cared about the murder, the murder and the the fucking bribery and the 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 racketeering. The racketeering is the part that really mattered, which is a bummer because I really like. Uh, Jack White and racketeering's <laughs> illegal. Fuck, man, this is like you really just look at it and it's like fucking ridiculous. But the government storehouses had all this fucking liquor, and there's a guy who was a piece of shit. So I'm not gonna say his name because I don't give piece of shits this thing. But he was a lawyer. A lawyer. He was a lawyer, and what he did was is he saw how all of his uh, all of his clients were getting caught dealing with booze right so what he did was he was like fuck it what i'm gonna do is is i'm going to start a medicine company because you were allowed to prescribe whiskey as medicine and then you could because you know remember like they used to have like somebody i found on reddit they found like fucking uh they found like cocaine or some shit like fucking in like a bottle for like sleep aid you know like had like ether yeah like you know some meth you used to be able to prescribe whiskey for things Mm -hmm. so pretty much well we we featured low and or slow and low on here which was uh kind of an old-timey traditional cough syrup that features rock candy rye whiskey and it helps soothe the throat boom it's a meta it's a medicine so that's what they did and they believed it but then the doctors became kind of like bartenders a little bit, right? You know, it's like today. Wait, wait, wait. No, wait. I've seen this episode before. You mean doctors start just slinging uh, <laughs> pharmaceuticals? I know we're going to talk about this uh, in the future, but like it's the same thing with like weed legislation with medicinal marijuana. Not in New York, where apparently I didn't even know that medical marijuana was legal in new york city but it's very difficult to do here as it opposed to other states it is very difficult to get uh bud in yes. legal form uh extracts and concentrates are usually um the the go-to for like diagnostic or for like med- medicinal stuff um but 
If you want more information on this, tune in next week. Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about the, the wild weed world. But that's definitely the thing is that like it's the same type of thing mm-hmm. where people would just go, you know. So he started that. But then what he also did was is he started his own trucking company. So what he would do is, is that because then he would truck the liquor to his, you know, place, his establishment where he's a doc, where the doctors would give the prescriptions. But then he would hire people to rob his own trucks. Mm. And then those people for him would sell them illegally to saloons and stuff. Oh, shit. That's some that's some 40 chess thinking. He and when he eventually got caught, he ended up going to prison for like two years. Right. Mm. Um, his wife left him, spent all his money. Nice. He gets out. Yeah. He's in a cab. He sees her. He says to the cabbie, "Hey, cabbie, run off the road." The cabbie's like, "Okay." <laughs> Does it? <laughs> <laughs> cabbie's like, "All right, fine, shit." <laughs> you know, I'm gonna <laughs> kill me a motherfucker today. <laughs> so I guess you know, like I, I don't know. You know, he gets out. He murders her in the street. He murders his ex-wife. Okay, then he gets arrested. Okay, Again. well, no, no, he goes and turns himself in. Huh? Then, okay. in, in the right. national in the, in the national trial, when everybody looked at this person, everybody was viewing this man. He, he was like, you know, I was insane. I was distraught. The jury said, no, he's not guilty. Huh? <gasps> Wait, so he. He had an insanity plea, or was Not it really? It was like ah, I was emotional, I was insane, man. You know, you know. Mm. And they voted not guilty. He admitted to murdering his wife in broad daylight. But he said something along the lines of like, "Oh, well, it was my innate reaction upon finding my wife." I guess, like the the what's what's the shit? I was trying to make a <laughs> reference to that one law that was just. Uh, vetoed in uh or no they vetoed a law banning no they approved uh, they overrode a veto banning um the <laughs> I'm ready for defense about uh i'm drawing a blank on the name but it had to do with uh violence against the trans community do you know which one i'm talking about yet no because what? the only bill i know about the trans people is the one from arkansas the one where they ban medical surgeries on trans teens which nobody's actually doing but you can't really do that and then it got vetoed by the governor oh no this one was a pro it was it was a pro beating no it was it was a win is what i'm saying Oh, okay it was a win for progressivism because there was a uh legitimate defense that someone could claim that they, oh no no I, I saw that know, because somebody oh yeah the whole you know thing where somebody can somebody can claim like the rage of being like finding out yeah. that like a trans person is trans because they lied to them even though statistically trans people are more often killed by their partners not by random strangers right no they, that's yeah I mean you know uh, that's well, fucking insane probably why they're drunk too <laughs> <laughs> you know this shit right here is the kind of thing that's been going on but you blame alcohol yeah that's the th- you blame the alcohol and they, they really do though i mean so did jamie fox but no one got caught <laughs> up with that that's actually one thing that's not even a fucking joke they always say like especially when it comes to like the murder of like trans women and stuff it's always like i was drunk they were drunk and you know they didn't tell me you know and, right. you, and you're 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 drunk so your your inhibitions 
are lowered or whatever the fuck. Whatever people say. Which is bullshit. Because, like, it's different. Because you're not, you're not you when you're drunk. But you're also not you when you're hungry. Have a Snickers. <laughs> you know. But, like, fucking bootlegging. Oh, fuck, man. The people. Yeah, hold on. The people of the Prohibition area. Fucking wild. You got that fucking guy. You got Al Capone. You got Carrie Nation. Mm, oh, so she was on the other side of it. She was, she was fucking. Oh, she was in Kansas. Who is this Carrie Nation? Smash, smashy. And why did she carry so much about the nation? She fucking was like, women shouldn't fucking wear pants, and women should only wear skirts, and they should stay home. And because uh, it was illegal, there was prohibition in Kansas, right? Actually, real quick, I'm going to chime yeah. in because I had a note about it. Maine was the first one to start doing prohibition yes. laws in nineteen or er, in 1851. Maine's a trendsetter for the first time ever. So good for but you, that, Maine. You know, it's funny because one of the reasons that I think that they were able to ratify the Volstead Act, remember, was because it was ratified because in order to get the amendment passed, you needed seven states. Mm-hmm. You needed seven states. So obviously you had Kansas, you had Maine, you you had, you know, Georgia, you had these places who were pro-prohibition, but those places just like today have the lower density of people, it's more rural, you know what I mean? Yeah. More religious. Well, because people have spread out. Yes, which is why Chicago, come on. That's why I was. That's why the bootlegging thing in Chicago was such a big thing, because these people in Georgia and fucking Kansas and Maine were like, we don't want alcohol. And but then the people deep in Georgia and in the Appalachians were like, nah, they still want, they still want booze. <laughs> and then you get moonshining, which is my favorite part oh, of the prohibition. Come on, hit me with the moonshining. Oh, moonshining is cool, man. It's like, it's the most backcountry thing that you can do and still be cool. Backcountry? Huh? Backcountry? Okay, continue. Were you going to go a Lovecraft country? No, no, with no, no. The... I was going to hit you with an image sevenfold, but I couldn't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just remembered fucking, uh, you know, he who makes a beast out of himself, whatever. Makes a fool, whatever. Being a man, you know. Anyway, no. continue, continue, continue. You got bootleggers going on back there. They develop an entire fucking recipe industry there's there's this whole bootleggers are the indoor growers and outdoor growers of of the prohibition there's so many interesting parallels i think between alcohol prohibition and the way weed culture has emerged during its uh federal illegality that it's like y'all really didn't see this coming with weed. When you said weed was illegal, you didn't think they would do the same shit that people did when you said alcohol no, was. There's illegal? a little bit of a difference because um, tobacco way more harmful, right? But they didn't prohibit tobacco because mm. tobacco is a huge tax right. benefit, as was uh, alcohol. Um, the perceived tax benefit of cannabis exists, but there was not a cannabis industry on the scale of on the right. of, of the alcohol and tobacco industries so it wasn't as harm it's not as harmful to prohibit uh cannabis but you have even the same kind of uh, propaganda campaigns that say like oh well it's mind altering it will make you do violent things while they were let, let by the way why would you even fucking 
why would you even drink when you can go and just get fucking cocaine? Like, you literally could just get morphine and fucking, fucking, uh, name other shit that you could just get, I don't know, the bad stuff. Ether. You could just get that. You could just go huff some chloroform for shits and gigs. But, or, but, like, the, the moonshining, that's where, like, uh, again, so America has, has been so entrenched with booze in its history that we've gone through, like, several different stages of, um like what our national spirit is because in, in the initial like colonial period it was uh primarily applejack which was distilled um from apple cider and for or is distilled from fermented apple cider and you leave it outside it freezes for a bit you take the ice chunks out what's left is the distillate mm-hmm. that was kind of the main drink of uh of america and then Things continued, and eventually people got into making uh, rye whiskeys, and then boom, corns everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you get those those big corn states, and now, bur- or, and now whiskey, corn whiskey is the main thing. And then, as you're developing your corn whiskey industry, whoa, where was where did my note go? Um, then you have like even before prohibition, you had people entrepreneurs. Who are trying to make a name for themselves, just selling whiskey, mm-hmm. but it's an expensive game to get into if you want to be good, like mm-hmm. if you want to be a mass producer. So they start cutting products, uh, adding like different shit into it. Uh, sometimes they'll do like kerosene in it, and sometimes they'll do like tobacco chew mm-hmm. so that it gives it a color. And then you end up with the culminating. Uh, resolution for what is the american spirit the bottled and bond act oh uh 1857 97 18 yeah 1897 the known as america's first consumer protection law and granted it's before prohibition it's like all that temperance is still pretty popular at this time Mm -hmm. like People want there to be accountability when it comes to alcohol consumption. And also, a lot of people were making not good products. Mm-hmm. And so that added to, like, well, we just need to get rid of the entire lot kind of mentality of prohibition. But here's the thing. So the perceived danger of... At, so this is, this is the thing that's very important. It's still my bootlegging. Mm-hmm. So I was looking up and doing researching about, like, why distilling now is still illegal like i live in, we live in new york city right distilling liquor you distilling know grain alcohols spirits. and stuff is spirits is illegal and why and some of the reasons why people think it is is why is not why and it it kind of compounds with back then because what you just said is not completely true because they would do things like add tobacco chew and add kerosene but it wouldn't kill anybody it wouldn't. It like, would just make it a real bad time. Like you, you, you wouldn't. You would just not feel good. You would get like crazy hangovers. You know what I mean? Yeah. In order to like, so, and then of course there's propaganda because during prohibition, they would add bad things into the products. It's like right now, if you went to the store to buy fucking coursing cough and cold or some shit, you can't. It's behind the counter, mm-hmm. but you can't just pop triple C's to get high anymore. 
because they put stuff in it to make you feel bad if you do that, mm. right? So they used to do that. They would add things to products that bootleggers would use, right? The government did this. The government did it. Yes, man. The government totally sucks. <laughs> they literally they did this on purpose. They actively went out of their way to make sure that if you did homebrew, that you might get ill. Okay. Interesting. Because the reality is that we were talking about fetal alcohols and stuff like that, right? And methanol, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I have it right here. It takes 140 milliliters of methanol to be fatal. And this can only be produced by producing 149 liters of liquid. The active, actively killing someone is impossible unless you actively just give them kerosene if you're making alcohol at home. Right. You would end up with a headache. Well, then you also ran into the the issue of like, well, me as as the commoner of of the the lay person, wouldn't you think that having an operated dist- or operating a fairly moderate to large scale uh, pot still would be a uh, fire hazard? Is it more of a fire hazard than literally having a a, a gas line that runs into your house? That's but those, always on. But those gas, you have a gas lines stove. are regulated by, uh, by, by. But not the things that you do with it. Well, when you're cooking on the stove, nobody. There's no. You know what I mean? Like you can put whatever you want on it. You can do whatever you want with it. And do people always follow regulations? And also, gas stoves. The pilot light's always on. There's a constant stream of natural gas coming into your home. It's true. It's very dangerous. But that we also have the technology. We've developed up to... We're talking about 200 years ago. Okay, 200 years ago. What would you do? You go outside and you get, you make like a fire or you're, you take some natural gas or whatever and you put a pot on top of a thing to like boil the thing. People were not, not mostly burning their houses down. Maybe somebody burnt their house well, down. Then you have a pressurized pot full of uh, combust- combustible ethanol. I think that most of the distilling horror stories with doing my research recently, it's similar to cannabis with like the reefer madness stuff, which mm. we talked about the last thing we talked about weed and what you might probably gonna talk about the next time we talk about talk about weed. I think it's propaganda because it's very, very, very unlikely. Somebody blew their house. Somebody. Yeah. Fucking lit their house on fire. Yes. They probably didn't even fucking die. Like, well, it's like how you hear all the time about like meth lab explosions but there's still meth labs there you go and there's way more fucking meth labs than meth labs explode people explode meth labs when they're bad at making because meth because they're fucking high as fuck fucking scrubs they're like fucking dumb fucking high if anything we could would... both make meth better <laughs> I mean we could though perfect 100% you know would it not benefit the people to deregulate some of those things so they don't have to fucking hide it in the fucking bathroom, which is why meth labs explode. Mm. If you if meth is illegal, if distributing meth was illegal, but you could smoke meth and the government didn't give a shit, you would just make meth in your house and it wouldn't blow up because you would just fucking make meth. I mean, unless you were also smoking the meth while you were making unless, meth yes, and, and but, then forgot but, to do the meth thing. But generally, people fucking explode because they're in basements they're in fucking bathrooms with low ventilation no ventilation and shit that's the harm true the harm of distilling and then what happens if you make the things illegal and if you make uh, alcohol illegal 
then you poison the products that go into it, right? So the people try to use other things that you wouldn't normally use to make a spirit, to, to, for it to be a spirit. Mm-hmm. And now you have people dying from fucking poison right? or using tampered products. Or you have all those bad things happening, but additionally you have the emergence of a whole new flavor profile of hooch. You have people who are, instead of using the mass-produced corn and wheat and grain, instead of making grain alcohols and stuff, they're making uh, brandy or mm-hmm. uh, fruit brandies mm-hmm. and then distilling that. And so it kind of creates a, a – des- or not a des- – it forces legitimate makers, legitimate small-scale homemakers who know what they're doing, who know about the product. It forces them to start carving a, no- a whole new path. And I think that's what is really cool about prohibition in general is um, people will always do shit yes. that's illegal. Especially because, especially when it comes to things that are purely kept, because it's obviously a, a capitalist cash grab for people who have money. Because if you had money, you could still distribute, you could still sell, you could still make it. You could still buy off cops who would snitch on you. The, the people who who didn't benefit or people who didn't have money. Interesting. Wait, <laughs> so it's almost like the prohibition was like a way for uh, people to police both um, densely populated urban centers um, as well as the uh, poor rural areas that uh, are adjacent to them. Interesting. Where have I seen this episode before? <laughs> I know that... Um, I know... So... I know that like the uh, prohibition ended kind of like right after the great depression had kind of like been underway for like a few years. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I was kind of trying to wonder if it was a huge contributor because the, the the great loss of tax revenue. Right. I actually don't know a lot about the great depression. We should do episodes. I literally don't know enough. I read the gifts of Raph once like fucking 15 years ago. Eh, It was a good depression. You know, I Uh, wouldn't say it's great. (laughs) You know, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I've been better. Uh, I've been more depressed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out if, like, the obviously was uh, was the temperance thing, like, where we were tired of it because there was a depression, there was an economic recession that was so large and people wanted their fucking booze, right? Because mm. you're, like, depressed and you're stressed and you can't fucking drink. Right. You know, and then, you know, that compounded with municipalities made it for it to to actually enforce. Was that a contributing factor to removing it, or was prohibition itself partially a cause of the, the depression? depression? Though it could, I, I do know that recessions are kind of cyclical, and it, it's more than one thing. But yeah. like, well, is, I mean, you have the compounding things of the uh, the Spanish flu, the um, and or the World War One, and the. Uh, power vacuum that that kind of left mm-hmm. although oddly the u.s stepped into that power vacuum right yeah um and just got sucked off by it yeah. uh <laughs> but didn't help the people in like the country did but the people on it the nats right not them Mm-mm. um you had those two things you also had uh shit there was another thing that i was thinking of um for, uh, oh credit credit score or credit systems were developing then 
That was the other thing. It was like you had this in the 20s, people developed uh, credit systems that uh, were so expansive and so Mm -hmm. entrenched in the economy that people were spending like crazy in the 20s and then it crashed in the 30s. What I do think is interesting about the relationship between the time period and prohibition is its relation to World War One? Yeah, it's so funny that, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person who does this, but, like, when I think of the prohibition, I think of the prohibition. When I think of the Spanish flu, kill fucking millions. I think of the Spanish flu. Yeah. But I don't, I, I forget that they all happened kind of at the same time. Yeah. And whose great idea was it when people were dying in mass? By the way, during the Spanish flu, because before we get to World War One, during the Spanish flu, um, they were doing a lot of the same things that we do now, that we were doing during the COVID-19 pandemic, are things that they were doing in, in 1920, where they were making people distance. Wait, wait, wait. 1920? 2019? Oh, shit. Oh, but they know, right? You know they were making them do that. They were making them distance. They were making people like it, they, were they didn't. Masks. They didn't have the same knowledge, but they wore masks. You know, not to wait that we do now. Not the same type of masks, obviously. And they weren't Gucci. You know, but it's it's just very interesting. You know that I forget that millions of people were dying, but somebody had a fucking smart idea at the beginning. By the way, well, Voss and I. 1919, 1920, people fucking, like a million people are already fucking dead, okay? Yeah. And and they're still like, well, you know, people are dying. Wait, this is the 20s, right? Yes, right? Yeah, so, yeah, 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 okay. Because it was from 1919 to 1933, right? When they said 1933. Um, excuse me, people are literally dying mm. en masse, but somebody's like, you know what? Let's continue with this. Let's get rid of alcohol. Well, you know what religious extremism likes to say whenever shit hits the fan? It's because we sin. This is God's wrath. It is God's wrath. If we were to be purer, if we were to be better, maybe we wouldn't incur God's wrath. But what about the the World War One uh, connection? Because there's a lot going on there. There is a lot going on. Um, the main reason they were able to get, or not the main, but a, a strong contributing factor of how they were even able to get prohibition going was it started as a uh, like a source or as a plan for food rationing. Where people were using too much grains and too much, they wanted to save the um, the grains, the corns, the wheats, and all that that people were making booze out of to make bread to feed the nation while we were in war. Mm-hmm. And so that was the foot in the door for people to start exercising more and more um, alcohol limiting legislation. And then once you once you go down that path, it's a slippery slope. The religiosity of it is kind of the problem, but at that time, everything was definitely more highly religious. The people seemed to be, you know... Well, and you had just the... the Like, I, I can't fault them for saying, okay, guys, we need to allocate more food towards food rather than alcohol at this at this time. They did that in the 40s. We did that. We, we've done that multiple times. No, no, I, during that's... World War II, they did the, 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 actually one of the, the benefit, uh, one of the things that really came out of World War II is like, you know, 
uh, canned goods saved the world a little bit. Canned goods saved mm. a mod- like modern America. Oh, but what did they do at the expense of 50s cookbooks? <laughs> but all those cookbooks are weird. You ever seen a picture of I a have, salmon jello mold? But, but, but it makes sense, though, because at the time, people were doing preserved foods, yeah. foods in cans. That was a big, big thing. And it makes a lot of sense when they had the technology. And of course, so in the early 1900s, they didn't really have the technology, the education. So it makes sense to say things like perhaps, um, you know, not that you can't drink, but maybe distillers should put a pause on business. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how it went down. But my favorite hot take that came out of that time period was uh, this. This is it. Well, you know. A lot of the American beer brewing companies are German owned. Oh no. Aw fuck. There's a quotes there's a couple of quotes even that are like, you know, America has a lot of enemy enemies in Germany. Also got a lot of German enemies here. <laughs> Their names are Miller, Pabst, and <laughs> Anheuser. Like it's just all the all the places that are still mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. today. And you're like, oh shit, no, wait, they were st- also mad racist about this too no they definitely weren't but it's funny though because i mean beer that's where it comes from yeah and you know like budweiser is an american company but it was an old fucking like german brewery that they just like took over and like that's why pilsners and lagers are kind of america's beer i I don't know what the fuck they expected but i i you know by the way i'm just gonna say the germans were our enemies huh well not when it mattered Mm-hmm. <laughs> just saying, you know, when it mattered. Oh, wait, y'all need steel? Okay, all right, okay, say no more. <laughs> say less. What are y'all doing with it, though? <laughs> nah, 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 asking that. Eh, don't ask questions. <laughs> don't ask questions. Oh, my God. A blitz what? Doesn't what, what matter. What would you do? <laughs> what would you do if uh, they did a prohibition today? First of all, what do you think would happen? If, Not what would you do? What do you think would happen externally and then you? What would happen externally is um, people would not be okay with it. Like, first and foremost, it just would not be okay. Oh, shit. Uh, The only reason I think it could happen now is if all of a sudden super PACs started, I guess, not drinking? Because that's how it got done before. It wasn't that everyone collectively wanted to, to ban alcohol. It was... The few vocal minority groups that had deep pockets, and the, the I mean, when what's what's the basket they pass around at churches? Oh, the commun- like little communal basket right there, little little, yeah. little for the tithes. That's the OG super pack. It is though, it is. The church had a lot of influence, and and, and can I tell you, fuck man, it's crazy to think about it, but like, people were literally like, you know. I don't like this, but if I say that, then I'm going to not seem as religious. Right. It's wait, where have I seen that episode? Oh, because it feels like that's, you know, and by the way, it could happen. I bet you no fucking joke. The same motherfuckers who out there in their little Trump hats and shit, just like yeah, Trump 2024 and shit like that. Right. Today, you know, who are drinking. Question fucking German beer and shit like that. Yeah. Right? They, they, if fucking McConnell and Trump were like, yeah, we're fucking... By the way, Trump is a teetotaler. A teetotaler? He does not fucking partake. Oh, yeah, okay? yeah. No smoking, no drinking, no nothing, right? That's because his uh, brother was alcoholic, right? Yes. Or something like that? Yes. 
Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, but I'm pretty sure his fucking father was also, you know, but because they weren't American and whatever, they're, they're European. This whole thing. But if Trump were to say that, if Trump were to push that, 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 that rhetoric, I bet you fucking today you would have almost half the country, I'm, even with beer in hand. That's, and that's how things get passed. That's true because they will have it in their hand. The people and the fucking Senate and shit, it was literally the fucking vote and the House was like 48 to 3 when they when they passed the Volstead Act, mm-hmm. okay? The, the vote in the Senate was similar, okay? These motherfuckers did not want it banned. No, they just didn't want other people to have it. And their constituents that mattered um, did want it banned. What would you do? I mean, I start bootlegging. I start, yeah. I start moonshining. Oh, fucking white man! I wouldn't. I would come on here and just complain about not being able to drink. I'm ready for it. I'm expecting it. Listen, when Jim Crow two part com- part two comes, I'm ready for it. Okay, like I'm actively ready for any of that shit. Somebody's like prohibition. I'm Wait, like- when did Jim Crow part one stop? <laughs> no, oh. now, you ever see? You ever play Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. Or you know, it has like this like eighty million Kingdom Hearts between games. Right, like right now we're like a Jim Crow duodecum ex machina, like sixteen. Like we're in the part between <laughs> part one and two, you know. Like it hasn't stopped, but it's you, but you there, know there was a conclusion that implied its continuation. Yes, like the first part is over, but like you know, and everybody's wearing zippers, lots of zippers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, in Kingdom Hearts or in Prohibition <laughs> 2? Oh, okay. Prohibition 2, Jim Crow 2, fucking... I think what would happen if we were to outlaw alcohol right now is, uh, hey, we'd hit another recession, if not a major recession, because, <laughs> like they say, one of the few industries that is recession-proof is alcohol because people drink when they're sad, but they also drink when they're happy. And so... Because it's kind of such a staple as a taxable item, I have a feeling that people would get sad that they can't buy booze and then resort to worse things to consume. What do you think the social and racial makeup of those protests would look like? Hmm. Depends on if they outlawed guns at the same time as outlawing booze. I feel like straight booze prohibition mostly white crowds in in protest or in protest in pro- promoting it in protest like in the in the in the protests in the actual protests across the Brooklyn Bridge mostly white faces and New York is very urban so you'd have like huge black protests but mm-hmm. across the country it'd be a lot of white faces across the country yeah it'd be white faces because I think that like black people would just be like fuck fuck it I, I don't know. Something about that just feels like the thing that black people be tight about, but they wouldn't be. Because when white people protest shit hard, black people don't be there like that. That's not. I don't think it's intersectional. I don't think it's racially intersectional. No, I don't think so. Black people will be upset. They'll be on Twitter and shit, but not the protests. I think historically, you look at how black people have had to accommodate to laws directly in opposition to them and their entrepreneurial spirits and I think they'd find a way around I think that's 
white people would be protesting because they're like, it's the law and I don't want to break the law. Listen, I was doing fucking, uh, I was fucking doing DoorDash, mm-hmm. okay? Got a fucking order from like a barbecue joint and we were looking for it and the fucking address, we get there, we're like, yo, it's just a fucking apartment building. It's like a big ass apartment building. So we go around, a, go a few blocks, towns around the block. Then the lady comes out of the apartment building with like a shirt on, being like Mammy's barbecue, and she's holding barbecue. They dead ass just have a barbecue restaurant in her fucking apartment. Okay, Boom. yeah, like fucking the fuck you think is gonna happen? But I'm gonna tell you something. I'm not gonna say their names, but motherfuckers is already selling coquito. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're already selling fucking. They're already sell. I know for a fact home homemade um uh sugarcane alcohol. And people will be importing it too, especially like rum and shit, because yeah. it's like the main manu. Dude, Canada would get the bump. Yeah. Mexico would get the bump. The Caribbean would get the bump. People, from- but people already do that here in New York. Mm-hmm. A lot of Dominicans, especially, it's like homemade rum and shit. You know what I mean? They they sell that shit. They make that shit already. You think that's not gonna happen? And guess what? Already fucking selling weed and shit. You think they're just gonna add something else to their fucking repertoire? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They. You've been in New York for a while. You ever see the guy on the A train? You ever see the guy on the A train? He t- what does he say? Taking care of business. Taking care of business. He's I'm just here taking care of business. That's it. It was a suitcase. He's I got whatever you want. I got you. I got your fucking natty. I got your uh, I got your nutties right here. You know what I'm saying? I got your nutcrackers. You know I got peach, pineapple, mango, cigarettes. I got cigarettes. I got Lucy's DVDs. What? Wait, is DVDs code for something? No, or is it's it just actual DVDs. DVDs. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? He didn't. I bet you if you go up to him and you're like, yo, you got some PCP or some shit? He's like, I got a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I had a gallon of... Well, I guess it's more of a half gallon now. <laughs> like, fuck. Black people will be on that shit. Okay? I'm not saying they wouldn't be out in the streets and shit like that. But when you go out and fucking... When you go out to any fucking bar, you see some black people. Who you fucking want to see? Mad white faces. Mad white faces. Mm-hmm. Black people be at their house, okay? White people like to do things legally. <laughs> when 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 shit happens, <laughs> that sounded I know, bad. Right? When shit happens, what's gonna fucking happen is everybody's gonna go and it's gonna sound really messed up, okay? But we we both worked at the liquor store, you know. Gonna come in by all the Hennessy, all right? All the Hennessy, all the cognac, all the fucking Alize, right? Then all the vodka because you know people call it like vodka and rum and shit like that, you know. Black people also like whiskey, but like you know. In order, it'd be like cognac. Because I think people be shitting on cognac. I think it's because it's kind of sweet, yeah. you know? And it's kind of from the South, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't, that, isn't that the history of cognac? Isn't it from like... The, well, I mean, not... Ameri- America, American cognac is like... Isn't that not... It? I don't think it's up. I don't think it's the North. I'm honestly not too sure. It's it's French imported. I know it's French, but I mean... So it, but you can make fucking So brandy. I guess if you take... If you take in mind that it's French imported and... Uh, Louisiana, and uh, the, that that probably that makes a lot of sense. That I could see that connection, you know. But come on, there has to be, you know. But fuck, black people would just hoard that shit. I, I said, like I said, I think because black people have had to deal with adversity criminals and being kicked out of mainstream <laughs> business, there have been a lot of alternate routes, alternate entrepreneurial. Uh, routes that have had to been take or that like it's, it's going to be a blip, but I don't think as far as um I don't know I just don't think it would be as important on the on the large scale. Can I say doing this sober? 
weird. It is a little bit weird. It's so weird. You know what's so funny? This reminds me of when we first started doing these. Because we would drink, but we didn't drink as much nah. as we came to drink. Because we didn't know each other that well. We would have like a drink or two. Right. You know? But then like I guess we both were like, oh, you know, we could drink. So we just started like throwing them back, you mm-hmm. know? So then like it became like a muscle memory thing. Get drunk, do a good episode. Feels a little harder when you're not fucking just smashed. It's a little forced. <laughs> but um, I don't know. What do you do? You feel like, you know, and our own self-imposed, you know, temperance. Do you feel any benefit from the not drinking? I feel like it's easier for me to get up in the morning. <laughs> like that's that's the main thing. Is like I I don't I don't often drink to have a hangover. But you wake up, you're a little groggy. Yo, I just haven't had that same grogginess. You don't realize to get it. Going. If you drink, you wake up, no hangover. You f- no hangover, but you're a little more tired. Yeah, you're a little bit more fatigued. Like fuck, man. You're a little tight. You know, everything feels like a little off. You fucking don't drink for drink some water and eat healthy. You fucking wake up and you're like, yay! I'm, like, let's go. I fell asleep at five a.m. last night. Woke up at ten, feeling full rested. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm feeling limit, like a real limitless thing going on here. This is really unleashed. I've unlocked 10% of my brain. Wait until I get another 10%. So let's hit it quick before we wrap up. Is there like anything really beneficial that you, that you could think of? the prohibition what are the pros really <laughs> who puts the pro in prohibition <laughs> come on what do you, you have any like uh oh yeah you gotta go fast <laughs> gotta go fast you gotta drive fast that's because nascar came out of uh people bootlegging and and booze running from the more southern and appalachian um like moonshiners up to the to the north. I meant actual like benefits to prohibition itself. Oh, but, you mean? Okay, <laughs> but I thought you meant like benefits from the outcome of prohibition. No, there's a like, lot. There's new yo, liquors. We learned how to drive real fast. There's a lot of stuff we get from that. No, I mean like fucking benefit from actual act of prohibition. I have one. All right, I have one. All right, women got the ass beat less. Not a joke. No joking. Fucking men at the time. Drinking, beating their wives. Alcohol was a problem in the early 1920s. It's a problem now. Take that, compound it with the extra sexism and racism and bigotry and shit like that and fucking evil and put that in the, in the early 1900s. Mm. Yeah, that's probably you know, the best. Uh... If anything, they probably shouldn't be drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like they shouldn't be drinking. But also, <laughs> but also, you tend to think like people who beat beat their family probably will beat their family regardless. I'm gonna say I don't completely agree with that. No, because remember we had a discussion before is that alcohol doesn't make a true you come out. You know, it can it doesn't just it doesn't inhibit your inhibitions. It can make you a whole different person mm. when you're an alcoholic. You know what I mean? That's and true. a person who might not hit their wife is the same person who hit his wife when he's drunk. Just saying. Crazy. Man, that's a good note to end this episode on. So remember, if you're going to drink, beat your wife. <laughs> Whoa, no. boy. Oh, no. Oh. Well, of course, as always, it's been Was That In Good Taste. Um, Check this out. 
there's a whole bunch of stuff going on that we're going to be doing, okay? So uh, we have two more episodes. We're going to be doing this little sober thing, the fit contest. Uh, on my birthday, the episode's going to come out where we're going to be breaking that. I am worried <laughs> for myself. We're taste testing beers. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's also some other things. You can, I'm working on it, some new things happening, all right? You can follow us on Instagram. Was that in good taste? C or at C underscore underscore honey. Okay. You know, uh, yeah. Was that in good taste? C underscore underscore honey. Uh, you can shoot us emails at was that in good taste at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, you can follow me at what funny friend on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, bumblebearcomedy.com is Chandler. Yes, sir. Um, please. No fucking joke. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you don't like this fucking podcast, I'm going to come to your fucking house. And I'm going to ask for constructive <laughs> feedback. And I'm going to say to you, hey, what did I not do? Please tell me. I'll dance for you. <laughs> Let me entertain you, please. Just tell me I'm good. Fuck, man. Being sober is so weird. A little bit. Yeah. I didn't realize how much you drank until like... Wow. I've saved some money. That's the best part. Oh, me too. Nice. Well, anyway, so this was our Prohibition episode. Catch us next time when we talk about Prohibition Part 2. It's a weed, wild, weed world. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, do we have, a, do we have, to have do we have an outro tagline thingy? Do we do? Do we do one of the? Oh, shit. Oh, we did. Oh, I forgot. Yo, did we not do it for like two episodes straight? Drinking is not required. But it is. Recom- recommended <laughs> that one feels weird to oh, do at the end of this shit. oh fuck mm. oh wow we haven't done it in like two episodes because oh wow um remember we're not drinking you don't drink <laughs> everyone must suffer <laughs>